<clears throat> Interesting morning. Yeah. Lon's here in town. He's here? Yeah, we saw his car on the way at the hotel. Huh. I see you got my letters. Finally. What are you going to do, Al? I don't know. We're back to that? Are we back there? What about the past couple of days? They happened, you know? I know that they happened, and they were wonderful, but they were also very irresponsible. I... I have a fiancé waiting for me at the hotel who's going to be crushed when he finds out what I did. So you make love to me, and then you go back to your husband. Was that your plan? Was that a test that I didn't pass? No! I made a promise to a man, and he gave me a ring, and I gave him my word. And your word is shot to hell now, don't you think? I don't know. I don't know. I'll find out when I talk to him. This is not about keeping your promise. And it's not about following your heart. It's about security. What is that supposed to mean? Money. What are you talking about? He's got a lot of money. Well, now I hate you, you smug bastard. Well, I hate you. If you leave here, I hate you. Well, haven't you been paying attention to anything that's been happening the past few days? <laughs> I guess not. I guess I must have misread all those signals. Yeah, I guess you did. You're bored. You're bored and you know it. You wouldn't be here if there wasn't something missing. You arrogant son of a bitch. Would you just stay with me? Stay with you? What for? Look at us. We're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. We fight. You tell me when I'm being an arrogant son of a bitch, and I'll tell you when you're being a pain in the ass, which you are 99% of the time. I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings. They have like a two-second rebound rate, and you're back doing the next pain in the ass thing. So what? So, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day. But I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you. Forever. You and me. Every day. <sighs> Will you do something for me? Please? Will you just picture your life for me? 30 years from now? 40 years from now? What's it look like? If it's with that guy, go. Go! I lost you once. I think I could do it again. If I thought it's what you really wanted. But don't you take the easy way out. What easy way? There is no easy way. No matter what I do, somebody gets hurt. Would you stop thinking about what everyone else wants? Stop thinking about what I want. What he wants. What your parents want. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? God damn it. What do you want? I have to go. You're darting tooting, you gotta go. <laughs> I mean, shoot. I mean, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier than I am. Make my day. Rest angry, boy, huh? That's bright. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. All right, and I'm back. Ooh. And this is facing off. Oh. <laughs> so loud. <laughs> and I'm surprised Gabe and Layla, because <laughs> I disappeared to find a notebook, because that is one of the movies we're doing today, The Notebook and The Titanic. 
my god and so this epic. is gabe and this is layla and i'm nick Hi. which i already said hey and this is facing off a podcast where we take two movies or tv shows and we uh face them off against each other to see you know how they're different similar which one loves the other one more mm-hmm. sound very ecstatic about cute. this podcast of ours <laughs> What do they want? I'm still trying to catch my breath. I ran all the way to the other side of our tiny bedroom, and then I came back here. Um, do we have any uh, notes to you guys? Anything you guys want to talk about before we get into it? Um, any no. happenings? I hope I no. hope everyone had a great holiday. It's been yeah. it's you know we've been all been celebrating lots of things and stuff. So shout out to everybody, and I hope you guys enjoyed your possible quarantine holidays and all of the above. And yeah. yeah. Start to 2022. Let's hope it's better than the last two years. <laughs> I mean, it really, it, it's starting at a really low bar. So I think we're, uh, we're pretty <laughs> it good. It can only go up from here. It, it can only. That's, except uh, in terms of COVID cases in which it hopefully can't really go up much more than this. Oof. So on that note, let's talk about a couple of really sad movies. Uh, <laughs> and um, Layla, do you? I I can talk about why these movies are similar, but you did come up with this idea, so mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't. I don't. I it is written somewhere. I didn't put the thing in front of me. If you have it, if you want to read it, you can totally read it. Oh, I just have a thing in my head. There are two okay. movies. <laughs> uh, two movies uh, about a, a male lover who is poor and a female lover who is rich, uh, who fall in love over a brief period of time. And also, there are boats. Oh, who fight against and, all odds to be together. <laughs> and also, that's told from the perspective of the an aging uh, lover. Two timelines. And also, there are boats. Also, I noticed this on my rewatch today. There is tap dancing in both movies. Oh. Yeah, there's tap dancing in both. There's like a lot of like <laughs> there's a lot of moments that are like <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. And it had been so long since I'd seen either movie that I like had forgotten when mm-hmm. Layla first suggested. It, I was like. I guess these are similar, sure. Honestly, yeah. I don't think there's any coming back from this. This might be my best comparison <laughs> I've come yeah. up with. They're it's weirdly similar. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the varying level of boats is my favorite part. Yeah, so there are yeah. boats. They, they vary are. in level. And I size am scale. deeply curious which movie is going to win this. Mm. I am too. Uh, so they will win uh, if they have the higher score. And the way that we score things is from a one to a seven, with a one being the lowest. Think of the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, mm-hmm. Four being the middle. That's in the middle of it sinking. So if you imagine the ocean, it'd be in the middle. And then the top is when the Titanic is floating for the brief period of time that it is floating. So in which case, it would be a seven. Wow. So Nick. seven is the highest. One is the lowest. Uh, we're going to use five categories. They are our normal categories, or are we yeah. doing the lovey category? I think we should do normal because we can't eliminate. I, I didn't need a reason. We're going to do Titanic. the normal ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you talked, and then I answered, and then you didn't want me to talk. Sounds like a real relationship. It's a real love hate thing we have going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the beginning monologue was just us talking, actually. Yeah. So let's start. By talking, I think the best place to start with these two is the normal way that we start. So talking about spectacularity, hmm. uh, which is a category about how engaging the movie was, um, how much you were looking at your phone or looking away from the movie, how much you weren't doing that. All those things get factored in. Uh, Layla, talk to <laughs> us about Titanic's spectacularity. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like I should premise this episode with... 
I love both of these movies very dearly, <laughs> pretty mm. intensely. I rewatch the Titanic on like a not healthy basis. I watch it a lot. I don't know how the fuck you do that. <laughs> it's so long. You do? I do. Um, it is. If I went like without talking about actual good or bad, like uh, completely objectively, like the Titanic score is my most listened to score that I listen to at all times. Um, I think the score of this film is incredible and beautiful and haunting. And I do think it's like almost like another category in this film. It's another character. I think it plays a really big part in this movie and it projects and propels the story really well. Um, Some of the most like haunting moments in the movie it is entirely about the score for me. Like yeah. when she's when she's on the boat and she's being lowered and she's looking at him and she like runs back onto the ship. Like when the like actual thematic score is playing really like quietly and it's just her looking at him, like I cry every single time because it's just such a beautiful <laughs> moment. The moment when the like the guys with the instruments on on the ship, you know, like switch from trying to play happy music to like just truly like bone crushing sad like music there's just it's i don't know i i i know that you're gonna i'm gonna leave it to you gabe to talk about how fucking long this movie is i understand how long this movie is i understand how painfully long it is i i think this movie has a problem of not knowing what type of movie it wants to be and it's trying to be like a million movies in one which is a it's a problem (laughs) it's like an epic about a historical drama and what happened on this ship but also it's just this insane romance film about this epic love so it's like you got an hour and a half at the beginning of that and then you have to all of a sudden go into one of the most traumatic events <laughs> that's like happened. James Cameron goes so fucking hard. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> he goes so hard. Um okay, so I, I'm my personal personal, I'm gonna give this a six because I I truly do like I put this movie on for a lot of reasons. Like if I'm having one of those days where I need a good cry, like this is my go to movie. So like I feel deeply with this movie i love the romance between these characters i mean i just enjoy the crap out of it i also have like a i have a weird not weird i have an emotional connection to this movie just because i i feel like it was in my household a lot when i was growing up mm. like i don't know if you guys remember did you getting, have the box set yeah like and like yeah. flipping the vhs and stuff yeah. and like yeah yeah Keyword my parents set <laughs> yeah <laughs> My parents bought the score CD, so we had the CD at home, and we would play it all the time. And, like, I remember, you know, in the scene when they're dancing down below decks and stuff, and, like, all the Irish and Scottish music is being played. I remember my dad, like, dancing me around the room to that music. Uh, so, like, yeah. I, have a, I have a really strong emotional connection to this movie, so I'm going to give it a six. Okay, oh, so... Oh, no, let me, let me just preface <laughs> all of this by saying... Of course, this is an above-average movie. It's a spectacle. It's one of the biggest movies. It was huge, and it was, like, the most traumatic movie I watched as a kid. Like, Seriously? It it's, it's the first movie I remember, like, bawling, crying when I was a kid. And it wasn't because of the love story, because I didn't understand what the hell that was when I was a kid. But, like... It's because you really like boats. It was... No, it wasn't I mean, it's about traumatizing. boats. It's just traumatizing. It was just movie. watching that many... I'd never seen that many people die. Yeah. Like, and, and so many people die. And it's like, and they all die in very fucked up ways and different yeah. ways because James Cameron's a sick piece of shit. Um, so 
and again, there's other there are moments that I'm really drawn into this movie. It is definitely like a movie's movie. It's like a big, big epic blockbuster for um, sure. And yeah, exactly. And so, like one of those that I think I don't know why it's like such a brilliant movie moment. The little like asshole guy who basically pushes the captain to go faster or whatever when mm-hmm. when he shouldn't. When he sneaks onto the boat with the women. And he turns his head, mm-hmm. and it just focuses on him. And then you see the the guy who works like on the ship behind him, down. just like yeah. he <clears throat> notices him, and he goes, "What a fucking piece of mm-hmm. shit!" But then he lets it lower <laughs> down. And, but the camera stays on him. It's just like brilliant filmmaking. It's it's such a high tension moment. Um, but there are it, it's so it, I'm I'm giving it a five. I just okay. have to point out. No, point so out the many things because I things. can't. So point them out. Yeah, <laughs> I I have a lot of things. I'm sorry. So there are just one thing. I don't think the writing in this movie holds up very well at all. And huh. it's very strange that this movie won like ten Oscars and was nominated for almost everything, but it wasn't nominated for writing. And that's when you know they fucked up a little bit with the screenplay. Mm. Um, I just I don't like the dialogue that much. I like it between Rose and Jack, although it's a little uh, it's so po- time period um, focused that it's almost like unbelievable damsel in distress type thing. Definitely but, period piece for sure. Yeah, but they also make these references to the world around them that get so fucking annoying. Like the Pablo Picasso line where he's like, "He won't turn out to be anything," and then after they're like, oh, "Who God, is this yeah. Freud? Is he on the ship?" It's like. Shut up. Like, I don't need these Easter eggs about what, like, time period we're in. Fucking shut up. Um, I also, like, I have trouble caring a lot about a movie where the the main message is like, oh, man, being rich is so hard if you don't get to make your choices. And, like, I know it's fucked up for Rose. And I actually love everything with Kathy Bates' character and Rose. But, like, so much of it is like, God, uh, I'm going to be trapped with all my fucking riches in a time period when people are just like fucking dying every day because they don't even have enough food on their plate. Anyways, I mean, just just to maybe romanticize what you're saying just a tiny bit. I think it is more about it's more of a story of like money doesn't buy you happiness. And like, (laughs) and you can like find happiness. At it a does time by you transatlantic passage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> at a time where I want to be making more in my career, I don't really want to fucking listen to someone complain about all the money they're about to have. Yeah. And the, and I, and I got to say, Fair there's enough. one moment <clears throat> that is so fucking frustrating to any average person, and it's when Rose at the end drops the fucking necklace into the ocean. I got up. I it's had forgotten. Cinema. She I I don't care. <laughs> I had gotten up out of my seat and I said, no, no. It was exactly like when Harry Potter snaps the elder wand. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Cultural reset. There's also two other moments I got to say. So one thing is when this movie turns it to 100, it's like slow. It's a little bit beautiful. And then it just goes so fucking hard for about 40 minutes that I'm just like... Like your heart doesn't James stop Cameron's pounding. Just, yeah. So yeah. like, so there's the moment, like a beautiful moment where the old couple are in bed and they're holding each other as the room is like filling up with water. And then 
it, it, like as the it, it, as it's like flooding, then James Cameron decides next frame. He's like, "Hey, let me fucking turn things up a notch. Let me have a woman put her little kids to bed as they fucking die probably in the next ten minutes." And then, as everyone is like falling off the ship and freaking out, and everything is going to shit, let me focus on a crying baby's face. A baby that didn't end up dying, but like probably could have gotten close to dying if Billy Zane didn't save him or save her. Oh my her. god! Um, but it's just like James Cameron's so obsessed with the spectacle, which makes it an above-average spectacularity movie. But he's just like, do we really need to recreate for forty minutes the fucking horrors and all the little details? Like, did we need that? I don't know. It's pretty I, fucking I tough. That. Okay. I think I, I think it is. I almost. I just think it's like not a rewatchable movie, right? But I think when you see no. it once and you see like it's like it's history, it's a historical fiction, like it's like meant to be jarring. I I think maybe just seeing it once and experiencing that and being like holy shit, this was an awful moment in history and then being done mm-hmm. with it after that is probably less traumatizing than having to like pay close attention and rewatch and see those moments. Sure, absolutely. So Layla has a deep connection. Gabe has a deep <laughs> need to get that transatlantic money. Yeah. And uh, we have an 11 total score. In okay. Spectacular for Titanic. Did you Let's give it a five? About... You gave it a five. Okay. He gave it a five. Six plus five is 11. I mean, like, close to 5.5, but, like, oh, there's just so sense. much of this that. movie that Make just doesn't work after 20 years. mind, yeah. dude. No. Make I a decision. It. I support it. I said five. Okay. Now talk you to listen me? as I talk. Well, you said you almost 5.5. Now talk to me about the notebook and the spectacularity there. Okay. Okay. Well, (laughs) I don't know. This movie is really fun to watch. It's not really like a... I don't think that the notebook is a great movie. And you'd be hard-pressed to... Like, going on Letterboxd, not very well received. And that's kind of surprising to me because I would just think that it's kind of... It's not a guilty pleasure type of movie because it's not like a bad movie at all. I just don't think it's like a great great movie it's definitely one of the better romances it's an iconic movie but and it's become a cult classic but i don't think when i'm watching it i'm not like i mean the biggest problem is that nick cassavetes made it and like i just don't think nick cassavetes is that good of a director he's not a bad director by any means like i like alpha dog and i like this and then he has a couple other romances that are pretty good um but it is fucking wild to me, though. It, have, have you watched Entourage, Layla? Uh, yeah, I fucking love Entourage. Yeah, remember when Nick Cassavetes is in it? Because he's the one doing uh, the mm-hmm. action movie that he's in. He has his, like, neck tattoo and stuff. And he's, like, he's bossing Vin- Vinny all around. I'm like, isn't this the guy who made, like, the notebook and shit? Like, <laughs> why does he have a fucking neck tattoo? Um, but it is really cool. Like, I, I like the way that he makes some of it. Um, I will. I I kind of want to leave most of it for actoring because I think that's really mm-hmm. what builds this movie up. But there are moments that are really fucking like corny bad. Um, I totally. the war scene. It, it's very short, but the war scene is like one of the worst war scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It's really stupid. It's super silly. And when Kevin Connolly dies, I'm just like, so. You're like buried. Like I, it, it just it just happens. They just throw it in there. Um, it does happen very very fast. Yeah. There are moments where 
and I, I can save some of this for eye candy, but like one, mo- there's moments of like such a fake, it's, it almost feels like one of those fake movies that's within a show or within a movie that they're watching, like a romance or whatever. And like one of the moments where that happens is when they're out on the boat and it starts raining, it's just so fucking fake. It's so clearly not real rainfall and it happens so quickly that it just, it takes me out of it in terms of like, like I just start thinking of it as this like movie that you would make fun of the Oscars for, you know, not that this was an Oscar movie. Um, and then there's just like a little bit that I, I just, I'm, I'm less, I re- every moment with Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams is really good. Every moment with Ryan Gosling and Sam Shepard, really good. Every moment with Rachel McAdams and her mom, really good. I don't particularly enjoy any of the scenes with the old people. I know it's sad in the end, but I just don't care about those sections. Not and it keeps even... Her... Well, okay. We'll talk about it. And then I don't... There's this whole section of it, and I'm sure it's from Nicholas Sparks' book, but the whole thing with the widow, the war widow that's with Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just don't feel like it needed to be in the movie. And I kept like thinking about, why is this in the movie? And then you get to a point where she, it proves like, oh, Rachel McAdams is sweet and she is perfect for him. It's like, yeah, bitch, we already fucking knew that. We didn't need you to tell us that. So anyways, I also am going to give this a five just because I think it's one of the more accessible romances. But I, I was kind of close to going average, unfortunately. I think she's a barometer for how uh, deep their love is for the audience. Yeah. But if that's... Uh, if she's effective in that, I don't really think. I don't really know. Layla, talk to us about your take on the spectacularity of uh, Notebook. Yeah, I'm. I'm also going to give it a five. I, I was not gonna. I was pretty solid on a five. I was never going to give it a four. I do think it is. I actually like. I just. I just think the pacing of this moving is really smart, and I'm engaged the whole way through. I think the totally. way that they use the timelines is really intelligent, and I like it. Like I find myself. I find like I find that they pick you out of it at really good moments when he's narrating through reading and those like subtle like she's also the audience right when she's listening to this story and it's nice. It's and like it's Princess lovely. Bride. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. it's heartwarming and it's special. Um, so, so much sadder. No, yeah. no, it, <laughs> but I, in that I'm not sense, saying yeah. the movie is it's when they pull you out of the yeah, story, so you get the, the storytelling. Old, the grandpa telling is <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> I I love the way they tell their like young love story. Um, I think that the the way they chose to edit like we're gonna do a montage of them falling in love and being cute and adorable and bickering and fighting, but then pick very intimate small moments to show you how special their love is. Like when she stops by with the painting and meets his dad for the first time um, and, you know, they're reading poetry and stuff. Like these small intimate moments that they show you are really special and lovely and they don't like, they don't shove too much down your throat. I mean, that, that initial scene when they after the movie when they're like in the street which is such an iconic scene i think it's all just really like lovely like the dialogue is really sweet to me it feels real to me when i'm watching them uh Mm -hmm. their chemistry which i'll talk about later is incredible so like i'm just engaged i i like the old people i just kind of also like love old people romance in general i think it's really sweet and lovely and i think it's heartwarming and i don't think they do too much of it um I also just think 
this movie is special because it brings just a lot of different it's not just a romance film like I think anyone can watch it and identify with certain things in it like I think you know you know watching her go through dementia is a really powerful thing and watching him still love her through that that's like a really powerful moment I think the father-son relationship as you both pointed out when we talked earlier this week is really special um, Mm -hmm. and carries a lot of the film at times uh and there's a lot of conversation around class. And I think that that adds to the movie as well, kind of like how it connects with the Titanic. So I'm going to give it a five. I don't think it's... Obviously, there's way more super engaging films and better movies out there. But I think it's it's smartly done. And I think it's really sweet and entertaining. And I, I'm never disengaged from this movie. I'm always watching the whole time. Totally. It's the first yeah. time I ever watched it. I really enjoyed watching it until I cried like a baby. For <laughs> five Hell yeah, yeah, I cry a lot while I'm watching this. I, I want to add one thing, just because mine was mostly focused on the negatives and stuff. What I the reason why I ended up giving it a five is because of like scenes like when they're out in the middle of the street, or even if I thought the rainfall was fake, that whole rain sequence is good. And then when they start fucking throughout the house, it's like. <laughs> It's a it's like a really good romance movie where you're really engaged in certain parts and you don't oh, yeah. want to like turn the the movie off. So, it's above average. Just like they didn't want to turn their relationship off. True. Mm. Right. So, let's talk about how the movie looks. So, the eye candy of the film. And uh we're going to start with Layla. And oh, we're going to start with the notebook. Mm. Okay. Um I'm going to say my piece really quick because I'm sure Gabe has many things to say. Uh, I don't I don't hate the eye candy in this movie. Um, I I think it's really average. <laughs> I know I can. I know I'm tr- I'm trying to get through this fast because I feel like if I look at Gabe, Gabe it's going to like deteriore me from like his. You kind of look like your screen froze <laughs> and you just had this like grimace. So angry. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an average score. I'm going to give it a four. I think okay. there are certainly mistakes. But I also really like some shots and I just think some moments are really like pretty and I like the way they edit some scenes and I like the way they edit montages between the two of them. I think the scene on the lake with the birds is a gorgeous scene. I think it's yeah. a it's a it's a beautiful shot. It was a great mm-hmm. choice and it's an iconic one. I think the scene where she's in the water is a really beautiful scene as well. I think the way those like intimate scenes between the two of them are shot are really, really beautiful. And I think it adds to the intimacy of the two of them. I think the scene, the way they shot their their fighting scenes is really fun. I just think it's like the camera's kind of adding to their dynamic between the two of them. I think there are a lot of mistakes. Again, I think there's a lot of like bad, weird CGI in the older people scenes. And I don't really know why. <laughs> um, but again, I think there are there are parts of the beauty in the shots and what where they are and their costuming is amazing and like the set piece the house is gorgeous um mm-hmm. so i think there's enough for me to keep it just like plain average i think it's fine i think it evens itself out okay gabe re- uh, unleash yourself <laughs> i don't think i don't think it's like bad bad there are moments like the opening with the cgi birds flying up to the windowsill is just like what the fuck was this? Like, who who allowed this? It's not even necessary. It's literally two seconds of the movie. Why is it in it? But, as you mentioned, I mean, the scene where they're going through the river and, they're, and they see all those um, geese or ducks or whatever the fuck those birds are. Um, I don't like birds. Uh, is really pretty. 
And uh, and again, there also there are really iconic moments. The kiss in the rain is like one of the most iconic yeah. uh, romance moments. Um, and I think there are there are focuses on their faces where you really get a lot of their expressions and stuff that I think is really good filmmaking. <gasps> Just speaking to that, the scene where yeah. she goes back to the hotel and she's crying and she's putting the bobby pins back in her hair and it's like really close in mm-hmm. on her in the car. I love that shot so much. Yeah, it's it's good. I, I mean, there's a there's a lot of like just focuses on them that are good. Um, yeah, I, I I don't really care about anything in the senior living home, but um, I the other thing is like. I don't know if this movie was not made with a lot of money. I assume it wasn't um, because it's Nick's, Nick Cassavetes. Um, but like a lot of the set pieces are really lame. Like mm. this is a period piece and it just looks not real. And it looks <laughs> like they're out of time. Like it's anachronistic almost. Like it just feels like mm. they they built it and it doesn't look that cool. There's not a lot in the costuming that's cool. Although like when they go to like the way that they do her costuming is yeah, really good. Yeah, she looks good. remarkable. <laughs> yeah, I just like it's a little lame at times. Just visually, it's just so like bleh. Um, I'm trying to think of like they were like mo- like like when they show the lumber yard, it just looks like a fucking fake ass lumber yard. Mm. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, and so there's just like a lot. There they. I could see them remaking it now and making it look so much more gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You know, like if someone like Jane, if there was something darker in this movie and Jane Campion made it, um, man, it would look so fucking good. But I'm going to give it a three. I don't think it's like a bad movie yeah, that's uh, visually. Super it just like yeah. looks kind of hallmarky at times. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Continue to talk about the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is so difficult. Yeah, it's so like, hard. Look, the Titanic came out in 1997. It was a it was a marvel at the time. It was it was like the top level of of cinema entertainment and visual mastery. Um, James Cameron is a fucking genius with a lot of visuals. You know him and Spielberg are these big spectacle guys who use a lot of practical effects. That being said. This movie ages horrendously uh, in terms of its CGI because there is so much more CGI than I thought there was in it. Every single time, and this happens at least 30 times in the movie because, again, it's over three hours. um, Every time it pans to the top of the boat and shows the characters, they are Sims characters. They are literally computer animated people doing computer animated shit. They're not real humans. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. It looks really bad. I also have to say visually the iceberg with the fake ass starry night behind it legitimately looks like a PS2 video game. It's yeah. that bad. And ah, man, I don't know. It's like I know that this was a huge spectacle and I have to give it props for what it was at the time but it ages so poorly uh with those visuals but on the other hand there's a lot of cool shots in this movie uh and when it's on certain sets like i was just complaining about the notebook it really looks really good like everything inside the boat looks fucking fantastic the layout of the boat is really good i like the way that they 
literally, I mean, maybe this can go in originality, but they literally explored the depths of the ocean. Like that, James Cameron did that. It's not just the movie. He's obsessed with that kind of stuff. Um, and I think everything with, uh, Bill Paxton and them is like really good. Um, and, and it looks cool. Um, and there's just like a lot of, again, there's a lot of iconic looking, uh, moments. Um, I, I think the ending also is like really visually bad when they do that, f- like dream sequence thing that, and it, and it goes back into the Titanic as if, as if she's back in it. I was just like, eh. You are literally jerking <laughs> off the uh, the academy right now. That's all you're doing. Um, gross. gross, gross. This is so tough because, like, I want to give it a five. You know, like, if we were doing this in 1997, this would be a seven. But we're doing it now, and I kind of want to give it an average. Okay. Layla, help. <laughs> um, I, I am going to give it a five. Mostly because the only thing that really bothers me, which it should bother everybody when they're watching it, is, like, the background. Like, the background's just really hard to look at. And, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't, similar to you, I didn't realize how much of it was CGI until I saw, like, all the behind behind the scenes stuff. Like, almost, like, every single scene, they're just standing at a green screen, basically. Like, a lot of it is CGI. So much of it is. Um I just, for me, I, I'm happy to still give it a five because, first of all, at the time, I, I try to always incorporate that like you were. Like, at the time, this mm-hmm. was amazing and fucking revolutionary and whatever. But even aside from that, so much of this movie is, like, set on the ship, inside the ship. The costuming, the yeah. way that they film stuff, like, the entire dance scene in the lower decks is filmed. Like, it's so fun. It is so mm-hmm. much fun. And the camera is a big part of that. Like the way it follows them dancing, the way it spins with them when when they're spinning, like you really feel like you're participating in that with them and you're having a great time. I mean, the costumes in this movie are amazing. They're gorgeous. They are, yeah. it's an incredible, when she, oh my God, at the beginning of the movie, first shot of her, when she lifts her head and that hat tilts and it's oh, like, yeah. it is an unreal shot. Like, I have yeah. to give it a five simply because of all of this thought that went into those moments. Like, the camera plays a big role in how you see these characters um, and, like, the moments between, you know, our two protagonists. So I'm still going to give it a five. But you are correct. Like, those – it is – like, there are moments and you're just like, Ugh. there's – like, what is around them right now? <laughs> like, I just don't yeah. even know what's around I, them. <laughs> I'm going to give it a five. I do I, – I also the, – the care in what you're looking at is, like, it can't go unnoticed, the, the costuming. I mean, even the CGI at the time, like, especially, like, the way that they reenact how the Titanic sank, mm-hmm. and, like, to a scientific ac- – yeah. uh, like, uh, like, a perfectly accurate way is really cool. And like some of the some of those moments, but there's also a couple shots that I really love that I forgot. Like one, my favorite one is uh, when Leo and his Italian friend are getting on the boat, and they're I'm so excited. Top of the and world, and they're running. Yeah, around. but no, yeah. no, that part's fucking stupid. The um, the the on top of the world. It's just so corny now, and it's been made oh, fun of it. to oblivion. I'm talking about like just like initially when they're going through all the people and they're going through the decks yeah. and stuff. It was cool. No, yeah, it's so, it's really five. thought out. It's really it's really beautiful. Hell yeah, Layla, tell us your thoughts on the originality of mm. the Titanic. So that's questions like, should it have been made? Do we need it in the zeitgeist? Um, and you know, is it original? Yeah, I mean, 
Yes. I'm 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 going to go with a 6 because I mean obviously these are all based off of historical events but like fiction. <laughs> um I, when we were trying to think of a movie to do against Titanic, we couldn't think of anything. There is no yeah. there is no film to compare to this in like a literal sense. Like there is no fictional depiction of titanic that's ever compared this absolutely needed to be made this is one of the most famous movies of all time there's not a person who hasn't seen it or doesn't care about it or didn't love it at one point in their lives um this was the like i don't know this i thought i think it's a revolutionary film i think it changed things i think james cameron did unreal things in this movie i think he propelled film forward with this movie uh yeah, I don't have really much else to say. I think it's a six. Yeah, I, I'm at a six as well. I mean, I, I don't have much to add to that. It's it's incredibly creative and so well made by James Cameron. And there's all these character stories that are existing while he's trying to recreate something, you know, instead of doing like a documentary. I also love like the crux of it is like these guys are trying to find that uh, – that necklace Mm -hmm. and they end up finding Rose and then Rose tells them the whole story and they actually like change their perspective of like, we're not just in it for the money anymore. There are Um, stories. There are people's stories. that Yeah. There's people's stories. And I think a lot of, there's also like really good commentaries on the rich versus the poor at the time and, and what a lot of it meant. And I, I especially like the writing for Kathy Bates as opposed to the mom and like the new versus old money, which is also a thing in the notebook. Um, but it's a way bigger thing in the Titanic, the new versus old money thing mm-hmm. um, because of the time period it was in. Um, you know, there are like really corny things that I'm like, I don't know why he needed to include these. And like the, the story kind of veers off at times where like the cleverness goes away again, the dialogue, not that great in its construction. Um, there's a moment where Billy Zane's character, Cal starts chasing after them with the gun and shooting after them. And I was like, what? No, he wouldn't do that. This rich little snooty bitch. Um, he always gets what he wants. I know. But I, it, it's really clever, and it was so well um, created. And you know, the ultimate question we ask is, did it need to be made? I mean, yeah. fuck yeah, it needed to be made. It's the eleventh highest grossing movie of all time. So now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, just got booped. Just got booped. Uh, talk to me about the originality of the Notebook, Layla. Oh, um, yeah, I. I kind of had a hard time scoring this one. It's not very original in a lot of ways. A lot, a lot of ways. It takes a lot of tropes out of the Titanic, for fuck's sake, let alone other romance films. Um, When was it written? Do you know the book? No, I don't. Um, I don't. I imagine it it was either the the 90s or early 2000s. The budget was $29 by the way. Yeah, um, a lot lower than most yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, continue, Layla, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a story written by Nicholas Sparks. Um, it's not even like the beginning of the Nicholas Sparks era either. Like a walk to remember was before this movie. So it's like not even original in that. Mm. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of tropes. I don't know. I think the way that it's told is really fun. I'm sure I could probably find a movie before this. That's the only reason I'm not like trying to give it too much props as far as like, I mean, we mentioned it before the way that some stories like go back and forth and there's a narration of a story being told or whatever. Like that's all stolen from other things um 
I think there are some lines in this movie that are really original. Like I, I know that you may may not love the writing or like like love. It might be corny, I guess, to a lot of people. But like, there are certain. No, I lines. like the dialogue writing. There's certain, yeah. There's certain the the dialogue between our two protagonists to yeah. me is really original, and I love that yeah. about this movie. I yeah, don't think a I lot agree. of romance films are just so raw and honest when it comes to the like their fight scene, the one that you guys did at the beginning of this episode, like. The stuff he says in it is just so, like, honest and amazing. Like, mm-hmm. the male protagonist is never that honest. <laughs> and I love that about the way that they fight with each other. And, um, yeah. So, I I'm, I landed on, a, like, three. <laughs> but I don't know. Okay. What about you, Gabe? I'm, like, kind of in the same place. Because, like, I, re- I really like the dialogue writing a lot. And maybe that's more Nicholas Sparks than it is, like, what the movie is. But... Mm-hmm. You know, like, like for instance, I really like the scenes, as I mentioned earlier, between uh, Rachel McAdams and uh, is it Joan Allen who plays the mom? I can't remember her name ever. Oh, yeah, um, I don't remember her name. But she's really, it, it's really good. And it's, and, mm-hmm. you know, like the fight scene she has with her parents when she's upset, she is like a little child. She's only like 17, mm-hmm. but she's, it's, it's really well done because she makes these like great points. Her parents are acting like their children as well, but the mom is also just coming at it from a level of concern. Um, but also like so, her past, right? Which I, that's another original thing when she goes back and, and yeah, yeah. tells her daughter. Like, I mean, that's, that's the scene I was talking about between yeah. them. I meant yeah, yeah. like also like the fight with the, both of the parents mm-hmm. was really good. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love that they do that, that the story ends up being that this snooty mom, like used to date this lumberyard guy She's just like him. of herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was so interesting when she says that line. Um, now I don't even know him. Like mm-hmm. I don't even recognize him or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, so I think a lot of the dialogue writing is really good. I don't think the movie is that clever or original. Um, again, one it's based off of the Nicholas Sparks book, but at the same time, it's like, it is borrowing from like almost all tropes. And I don't think, like, it stands out in the genre in terms of, like, it's more likable, but I think that's going to be, like, what we're going to talk about in the next section um, for uh, actoring. Mm-hmm. That's really what makes it stand out. And what was your score? I oh, sorry. I gave it a... I'll give it a three a as three well. As well. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Since you're on it, talk to me about the... Talk to me only about Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I mean, his, Goss Boss is my guy, dude. I made a Facebook his, uh, group that we, we were... Yeah. At a time when people were arguing who was hotter, Ryan Gosling or Bradley Cooper. I mean, get the fuck out of my face with that shit, all right? It's Ryan Gosling, 100%. Are you yeah, stupid? Yeah, he's so gorgeous. And he's he's Girl so brain. young. They're both so young in this. Um, the best, dude. I'll just um, start. I'll, I actoring, will start. Before, yeah. we, before you start, actoring, yeah, yeah. for those of you who have not listened, is a category we talk about acting. We also talk about the writing, the directing, whether or not those people gave the actors, Ryan Gosling, the tools to hmm. uh, give the performance that uh, they did. So go ahead, Gabe. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I Gosling just as an actor, like regardless of the material he has, he's a revelation in this. Like this is, you know, this is like right after um, he had done a few small movies and uh, Remember the Titans, and like he still has that like kind of late teen charm, even though I, I think he's in his twenties in this. He's so. You could see why this is the movie that finally made him like really famous because he's so charismatic. He carries so much on his face. 
I've always talked about this, that there's quiet Gosling versus loud Gosling, and he does both in this movie. He's very good at being the, like, as you wish. Again, I'm going to take back to Princess Bride, but he's very much like the <laughs> as you wish thing. And then yeah. later he's like, I want to fight for what I fucking want, damn it. And, yeah. and he's so good in those scenes. He plays vulnerability really well, both the, like, insecure anger of vulnerability and, and the quiet, like, sadness that, like, it, it's hurtful. Um, so he's great. I mean, what is there to say about Rachel McAdams that hasn't been said? She's one of the best actresses ever. She's incredible. And in this same year, she did The Notebook and Mean Girls, two of the most like iconic characters. This was and, her year. And, this this and, right here. And the range between those two is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. She's great. She ended up, you know, becoming like a much better actress, like being in like more serious, you know, respectable Spotlight. things. Um, like especially in Spotlight and uh, Disobedience, but um, yeah, and I, I honestly really like a lot of the side performances. I think Kevin Connolly is fine in it. Um, obviously, I love him. Yeah. For, he's I think just it's Kevin always Connelly. Eric to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's E. Like, he but, can't be anything other he's than good. E. I actually really love James Marsden in this. This is like yes. one of his early roles too, and I think he like. I, there's a way that they could have made this character like Cal in the Titanic and make him like really evil, but he's such a like oh, no, good person. Oh, he's so person. genuine. Oh, he's so and genuine. And the way he delivers the line when he goes up on the stage and he goes, this beautiful young lady and I are getting married, is he's just like, man, he should have been a bigger star. He still <laughs> is a pretty big star, but... Um, yeah, and then again, the parents were really good. just prepping for hairspray. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam Shepard, I love. Uh, an incredible playwright, and also just like he's a really good actor, and he's barely in this movie, and he has such an impact. Um, the mom, again, is really, really good. Um, the dad is fine. It, it's kind of sad, but the, the thing I remember him most from is Home Alone 3. <laughs> the like oh really God. not good oh Home Alone movie. He's the dad yeah. in that. Uh, so anyways, I, but here, (laughs) I'm almost at, like, I don't think anything is, like, Oscar-worthy performances, but, like, this movie would suck so much ass if Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams weren't in it. They bring it up so much, so I'm almost at, like, a six. Like, I might give it a six. I want to hear what Layla says. I'm kind of at a 5.5. Put me there. I mean, I'm, I'm still gonna go with a five only because, like... If you took those two people out of it, I wouldn't be able to give it too high of a score. I don't know. Like, I can't give a movie. I can't give a movie that high of a score simply because of two people's performances. Also, when those two people have done better, in my opinion, like they've done yeah, better yeah, than yeah. this movie. So put me back to a five. Um. Yeah. So just just speaking on my five now, they I mean, they are <laughs> remarkable in this movie. The two of them like Ryan Gosling's like ability to shift from earnest young man to gruffy like disgruntled older man incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just yeah. incredible it's such an amazing shift you really feel what he's been through you feel him aging you feel him growing and becoming a, a man and it's lovely he's an incredibly versatile actor and he has an unreal way of displaying emotion on his face I mean, he has incredible lines in this movie and the writing of both of those characters is what carries this entire movie. Again, as I said before, the dialogue between them and the way they're like physical acting too, though, like when they fight in that scene, the way that they're carrying themselves, like the way he holds his hand to his chest when he's talking, like it's just it's beautiful. They're so they're so they're so perfect. Um, I, I love all of 
the like I pretty much love all of the side actors. I think like when they're young, some of the young people are kind of dumb. Like they're just, they're silly, whatever, but they're just like little Mm -hmm. background characters. But his dad, like, oh my God, the scenes between him and her, him and Allie, like lovely, beautiful. Like it's a breath of fresh air. the best dad in the history of movies. I mean, he's just magical. That would be a really fun ranking. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I think everyone's so good. I think everyone's so good. Again, we've said it a lot. I just think that the dialogue between these characters, but also the way that the characters themselves show affection towards each other is just very intimate and lovely. Um, And I think James Marsden, making him and choosing to make him a good man who understood what she was going through and the pain that she was going through was such a smart choice on the writing's part. It's a great great character. And he portrays it so well. That character could have easily come off as like frustrated and angry, and he didn't let that happen. So like, props to him for that. But yeah, God, I, I also want to mention it's James cool that Marston. yeah, he's great. Um, I I want to mention that it's really cool that Nick Cassavetes casted his mom as uh, the older Allie, uh, Gina Rollins. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they so, do a great nice. job. I like them too. So, talk about the old people for a second. Well, we'll yeah. then we'll talk about Leo and his his Titanic crew. They're I old. Mean, Move on. I I love them. I think they're Dude, so okay. sweet. I think there's no so one going to talk about the scene where she forgets about him in the middle of remembering him. And yeah, he's it's just the like most painful thing I've ever. It's like bed. it's it's truly yeah. there is nothing that like I. I cry so hard when I watch that scene. Dude, it is I'm powerful. Crying. <laughs> like, right now, powerful. I've been crying for days. I need to go to the hospital probably, but And he's just on. so heartbroken so. to see the love of his he life covers, in so much pain. His mouth. Oh, and he covers his mouth and he's like, "Oh my god." I caused so much pain. Oh. He's really good in it. I I he's been in a lot of things, but I always forget his name, but um It's he's, uh, James Garner. Yeah. He I, he's really good. Everything between them is good. I just kind of don't care about the writing as much in that area. But yeah, they're they're good actors, and that scene is really depressing uh, for oh, anyone who has had a family member that has dementia. It's not fun. So depressing. Okay, so let's talk about Leonardo DiCaprio and the Titanic crew. Um, Gabe, talk about actoring for Titanic. I mean, okay, hold up. Hold up. Leo, best actor of all time. Uh, let's just get that out there. I'm always <laughs> going to say it. Uh, I especially because I just um, I I just saw Don't Look Up and like as much as I have a problem with that movie, he's so good in it and it and it's just wild to see that's his newest movie and this is one of his earlier ones. Yeah, it's just wild to see. He's just always been how he's good. developed. <laughs> I don't think he's the highlight of Titanic, and I think anyone that rewatch. He's not the highlight of Titanic. There's so much more going on that's more interesting. Kate Winslet, fucking super good. One of the best actors of all time as well. Um, I think that if you watch all of her movies, this is so unlike every single one of them. Because she's like, it's so much softer and it's innocent and it's she plays like fear so well. It's good, and and normally she's like a, she, there's a little bit more to her. There's a little more of a spark in her, um, so I I like watching that. I gotta say, 
I mean, he's in MacGruber right now, the TV show, but we were really missing out on Billy Zane for a while. He's a really good actor. <laughs> like, I don't think he could do much more beyond playing Cal in this, but he's fucking good as Cal. Like, this dude understood the assignment of being the biggest fucking piece of shit rich dude. Although there are moments where he's like, he like wants to go save her and like, I don't, it's, he's like a really complicated character. It's good. But for me, the big, big highlight actors in this are Kathy Bates, who I think is incredible. Um, and I just really like the scene between her and Leo. Um, and I love the whole dinner scene. And I love everything that she does on the boat. Um, but I, I always blank on her name. But the mom of Kath, uh, Kate Winslet, who's also in uh, Watchmen from last year, She's so fucking good in this. She's like true. She's the re- she's like kind of the real villain of this movie. I actually think she should have been nominated over Gloria Stewart, the person who plays uh, Rose when she's old. She's a bigger uh, villain than the iceberg, dude. Yeah, because the iceberg. No, I mean the biggest villain <laughs> is the guy who told them to go full speed ahead and then ended up cowering away. And I also think that's an incredible performance as well. Um, I really like. Uh, he's a big stage actor, but the guy who plays the the creator of the ship, the architect of the ship, who's also in like Legally Blonde, is really good. The moment where he's by the fireplace is like pretty heart wrenching. Um, I think the the captain of the ship is really good. There's just a lot of really good performances, and the writing, while the dialogue sucks, the character writing is really good. Um, and I think the direction of like making you know so much about each of the characters because he had fucking over three hours to do that um, was cool. So I'm still going to get a, a five. <laughs> thought your video paused. Um. Yeah, no, I just thought of it. Like I'm giving all the positive he things that I think are really good. I yeah. just don't. There's no one in this movie besides the mom that I think is just, like, exceptional. Okay. Layla, what do you think of... I I am also going to give it a five, but I disagree with a lot of the things that you said. I... Let's fucking hear it, Layla. Yeah, let's do this. the same scores, but we... But then we disagree. Yeah, but we still don't agree with each other. I just, I truly... We all hate each other, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I truly... I, I truly think that Leo and Kate did something magical in this movie. And I love watching them act in this movie. I think for such young people to carry performances the way that they did and to create such an... I think it's important to remember that like there are lines in this movie, there are moments in this movie that people still talk about to this day. Like they are, they are yeah. magical to people for a reason and they stuck with people. I always think back to like when she's about to jump and he starts to kind of word vomit a story to her. And he's like talking about ice fishing. I was watching his face today when he was doing it. And it's just, it's like, he's putting so much more into this than I think any of us even like really think or realize because it seems silly and romantic and whatever. But like when she's just like, I know what ice fishing is. And he goes, I just didn't really seem like that kind of girl. Like it's just these subtle little sweet things that he does with his character that play into who he is. I think... 
his face is magical in this movie. I think the shot where he's like he's drawing her and it's like so focused in on his eyes, like his eyes are really emotive in that moment as well. Like, I just think they're doing a lot. I think Kate Winslet is putting in a really great performance. She's so good at being like nuanced. She's bratty. She's selfish. But at the same time, you see a spark of a girl who wants to be more than that. And I think Mm -hmm. she does a really great job at putting that out there. I think the cast itself is stacked and so fun and good. And I think everyone does what they're supposed to do. I don't think Billy Zane's bad. I think he's really good at being the like really, truly selfish. I've always gotten everything I've ever wanted guy. He has some bad moments, though. Like when he like when he before he goes to shoot at them. He like fake cries for a second like he like there's like it looking at his face i was like what are you doing like he's like hovering back and his bodyguards pulling him back and he like looks like he's trying to cry and it looks yeah but he's so handsome it looks awful (laughs) so i i'm not ready to be like he he killed it like these other actors who just put so much into their characters um but i i I, in, in all i'm saying is i disagree that Leo and Kate weren't doing just the utmost with these characters. They no, created no, yeah, iconic yeah, yeah, yeah. characters. That's not what I meant. Sorry. I didn't explain that well. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying I love Leo. I don't think Leo by himself is like the big spark of this movie. I would say them together, absolutely. And their chemistry is incredible and that they work so well. And it's fascinating to see them later do Revolutionary Road and like the most like opposite mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so dark. <laughs> but I, I really like a lot of other aspects. I just wouldn't like if I was listing the best Leo performances of all time, I wouldn't put this there. But like Kate Winslet, oh, I might yeah. put it there. I agree with that. I just like in the sense of just this movie. You agree now? About that. I, no, I'm saying I agree, I agree that he's done better than this. I just think in the sense of this movie, I would not put like I wouldn't put Kathy Bates or her mom above the two of them together. I think the two of them together is what carries this movie. I think that other yeah. people have scenes and moments that are unreal because they're seasoned actors and can put so much into one moment. Mm, but I think Kate and Leo just like kill it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I agree. The, the notebook is going to need to pull out some serious scores here uh, in legacy because uh, we're coming down to the final stretch. So let's talk about the legacy for notebook. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about let's talk about Layla. Let's let <laughs> Layla talk about it. There we go. About the notebook. About the um, notebook, yeah. legacy. What is yeah, I, I, it has a very strong one. It is oh, one yeah. of the most famous romance films of all time now. Um, you know, was a big moment for both of these actors. It's definitely the most popular of all of Nicholas Sparks' adaptations. I, I am going to go with a six just because, like, there are memes and moments from this movie that are, like, everlasting. That right. kiss, the shot of them kissing in the rain, that will never die. The the I can't even tell you the effect that this had on young girls when this came out. Like the if you're a bird, I'm a bird line. Like yeah. we all just said that it's to iconic. each other. <laughs> we just everyone said that to each other. Um, he created just this unreal standard for like love and a man fighting for the love of his life that I don't think has necessarily been topped. I think the dialogue hasn't been topped. I think there is a set standard now between these two characters when it comes to like a true and true romance film that will carry on and people will compare other romances to um so i'm gonna go with six this one's tough 
because obviously this is a huge cult classic. Like this actually like has cult classic. It, um, it has cult uh, followings and, and it became so much more popular over time, even though it was a big hit in the box office, considering it was only made with 29 million. Um, I feel like for a movie like this, and especially in comparison to the Titanic, it's kind of like critics didn't really like it when it came out. I, I there's a lot of people who over time have liked it less. Like I don't think Letterbox is the end all be all for things, but like <clears throat> those are people that really really care about film. And a lot of the reviews that I was looking at recently are like people who rewatched it or watched it for the first time now, and like it's it doesn't have that good of a response in terms of the quality of the movie. Yeah, like film-wise, for sure. I just think it's like cultural zeitgeist legacy is going to like remain, right? Like as opposed to how good of a movie it is. So no matter what, yeah. And so no matter what, for me, it's like above average. Where I struggle to put it anything more than that is like, you know, it wasn't nominated for anything, even though you could see this movie being made now and like it garnering a lot of nominations because it would be made by a bigger director. Um I don't think people like it as much over time. I don't think it ages like great in terms of its quality, but again, it, it's so popular and iconic. Like I'm going to give it a 5.5. <laughs> you yeah. froze again. Foam, y'all <laughs> foaming, foaming at the mouth to give a 5.5. I have, um, I'm about to do another 0.5. Okay. okay. So tell us about that. Look, and as you talk about the legacy for Titanic, that is. Look, the Titanic, there's an image of it in our logo. It's clearly one of the most iconic movies of all time. It's one of the most successful movies of all time. It's won some of the most Oscars of all time. Uh, it made a fuck ton of money. It was, oh my God, he's you know, give it a 7.5. one of his biggest, uh, <laughs> James Cameron, one of his biggest things. Everyone knows the Titanic, blah, 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 blah. It's a fantastic movie. Um I just don't think anyone cares anymore. <laughs> like, I think people are, I know you do, Layla. I don't think a lot of people are like rewatching this movie for one. It's way too fucking long. I think it's yeah, losing a little bit of its gusto. It literally just got boxed out, uh, pun intended, by uh, Spider Man three weeks after Spider-Man opened, which is a really sad state for movies in general. That like, took, it, took it a long time for that to happen, that though. <laughs> I know. It's true. It was in top 10. But like a bunch of things kept like pushing it down. Hmm. I mean, that, that's not to say it wasn't a, a huge critical su- uh, a, a huge success and, and it wasn't loved critically. You know, the, there are a lot of reviews that I look at that are kind of like, yeah, this is like a great spectacle and a good love story. But like, it's a little dull for like best picture um, overall. I think it, w- it needed to win that and everything. And it's always going to have that. So I'm giving it a 6.5. Like I really want to give it a seven. I just don't think like per- personally the way I look at this, I don't think it has a perfect legacy that will live on like the song. Um, isn't it called like I, I will live on? The main my, song. Heart will go on? my heart will go on. My heart will go on. <laughs> Yeah, I got to say that again. That that also is like that's such an iconic song. I like, was gonna it, start with it. the score. Yeah, I mean, I just there the music in this like like my heart will go on, of course, but like the score itself pairs with that song, and like yeah. you hear that score and you're like mm, Titanic. Um, I am gonna give this a seven. I when I when I think of this category, for me, 
rewatchability doesn't always have to factor in for me. I think I, I said this earlier, like this is the type of movie I think most people are just going to watch once for the experience of seeing it. Like but it is just simply too long for people to rewatch. Like it's just unreal long. Um, and I'm like, okay with that. I think, I mean, if you think back to like some of the most classic films of all time that I would easily give a seven, like Casablanca or these movies that everyone knows by name, you know, not every kid growing up now is watching that movie, right? Because to them, it's old. To them, it's past. To them, it's just film. Like, it's like popular film. And yeah. this is going to be in that zeitgeist. This is going to forever be one of the most famous, one of the most popular films of all time. This also really kicked off Leo and Kate Winslet. Like, this mm-hmm. is when people think back to this, like, huge, like, pop culture relationship between these two people, they will always think of... The, the, these characters that they built. I mean, there are moments in this movie that will never die. Like I will never let go Jack. I'll never let go. Like there are quotes, things like that, that are always going to be like in trivia games and like all that kind of stuff. Like it's just going to live on. People are going to be talking about this in the pop culture realm forever, probably. Um, and I imagine that most kids will at least see it once in their life. They may not like fall in love with it, but they'll see it simply because of how, popular it is in conversation to this day um and yeah anyone hears my heart will go on and i mean that was the first that was the first non-classical song i learned on the piano because i was so obsessed with that song (laughs) so i played it on the jews harp um (laughs) uh no i i agree i also like i want to specify i've mentioned this before in, in legacy like a movie can be great and doesn't need to be like rewatched. Like some, like I, I just shout out like the Gla- gladiator is like a great movie that I don't really yeah. want to watch again, but I respect it. Yeah. I, sure. and, and while I want to give Titanic seven, the personal part is like, I just don't think it aged that well over. I hadn't seen it in like maybe like 23 years. Cause I really? watched it when I was a little kid. Yeah, I watched it oh like maybe God. a year or two after it came Not out. Not even on like and TNT I, or something on TNT I mean, I'd seen when it was just on. Of, yeah, <laughs> I saw moments of yeah. it, but I haven't seen it in that long. And I just there's a lot that didn't age well for me, and I'm only giving it I'm only giving it slightly off. I mean, of yeah, you're giving it a six point five. Yeah. I just yeah, yeah, I mean, well, we got a couple point five scores because of Gabe. Yeah, uh, they yeah. evened out though. No, and they don't so, because they're opposite <laughs> movies. Uh, what do you mean? They yeah, they don't right. even out because they're on <laughs> opposite movies, so each of them should have a point five at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a forty four. That's what I meant. There's a forty four point five for the Notebook out of seventy, which okay. loses to the yeah. Titanic with fifty four point five. Pretty close though. Pretty yeah, close. Not too far yeah. off. Pretty close. Layla, I would. Yeah. I would have given the Notebook possibly a seven just because of everyone knows what it is. Yeah, but same with the Titanic. Oh, you would have given both a seven. I also would have given yeah. the okay. Titanic a seven, obviously. Yeah, I'm not a gr- I'm not a freaking Grinch, dude. Yeah, I am. You. <laughs> right, I was. You I was. I was close. The only reason I hesitated and didn't was simply because, like, with Titanic, right, it won like a million awards and like grossed an insane amount of right, money right, and whatever right. you know, like on every level. <laughs> yeah, I thought Gabe was going to go seven point five for a second there. 
But he didn't. He kept to the mold. Alas. We continue. We continue to move on. Our hearts will go on. Your hearts will go on. And mm. this podcast will go on to the next stage, which is where we talk about recommendations. I'm going to start. I recommend that you don't. If you're going to watch the Fast and the Furious movies, which Gabe is recommending uh, that I do. No, I have not. I never don't would. Watch. You did, dude. Don't watch the first three. Oh, my God. I kind of like the third one. Oh, it's a steamy pile of Well, the of main character poop, sucks, though. but Han Han is so cool. I stopped after I four. I suppose, yes. Yeah. It got to I actually like the first one because I I like what I'm, they were doing with it. I'm excited to see it get not bad. So, it's no, been bad. It gets stupider. <gasps> oh, I, but I like stupid. I'd rather a movie be stupid yeah, and embrace its stupidity. Just like your fucking face. Then, then, uh, then be stupid and think it's not stupid, like your face. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Nailed him. Uh, Layla, tell us your recommendations. Yeah, Probably I don't have like more on point. Well, I don't have like a laundry list of them because I could go on forever and ever when it comes to cry sad romance movies. Um, I, if you haven't seen it, the return. Of Leo and Kate was revolutionary road, as we mentioned earlier. So you should see that it's movie. It's tough, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like a very It's going to hurt your heart in ways you didn't think was possible. But it is a remarkable film. And they are, you know, they're top tier, like older selves in this movie. So if you haven't seen it, give it a watch. Um, my other go-to, like, cry-cry romance randomly is P.S. I Love You. So yeah, that's <laughs> with oh, yeah. any other. Um, and totally. also About Time as well. Yeah, Those two, yeah, like, uh, always make me cry. So, If you want one that will hurt you with Ryan Gosling, <laughs> Blue Valentine is Oh, my God. I almost, entire I almost am like, don't watch it, everybody. It's really it'll good. hurt you. No, I would so recommend it. Much. There's a couple this year I would recommend. They're not necessarily um, romances, but kind of um, in that vein. Like, one is, is focusing on shitty men, which I just think of, like, Cal in um, Titanic. Um, and that's the eyes of Tammy Faye, the movie with mm-hmm. uh, Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield and Jessica Chastain. Uh, Jessica Chastain is incredible in it, and it's now available on HBO Max. Um, not a a great movie, but I really enjoyed it, and um, it's very interesting. And the other one is this has nothing to do with romance per se, but it's kind of about like motherhood and the burden of children and. Uh, it, it's really weird, but it's it's extremely powerful. Is uh, the Lost Daughter, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's new movie mm-hmm. with Olivia Coleman on Netflix? It Olivia. is a very challenging watch, but it's it's very creatively done. Um, I don't know what we're doing next week. Yeah, I actually don't either. We'll figure it out. I was gonna. Neither, neither does our audience. I think in two weeks, I I want to bring uh, Clay on to do. Clay. Uh, Armageddon versus Deep Impact because uh, he really wants to talk about Armageddon <laughs> uh, and I hate that fucking movie um, but God. we'll figure out something next week or we'll take a break I don't know what the hell we're doing um, okay. I, yeah but it won't be something that's going to make you all cry as hard as no we, so. we'll, we'll lighten it up a little bit um, but I had fun with this one and if you want to be along for our journey uh, hit us up on Instagram uh, look up Facing Off Pod and you'll find us there and if you want to doom scroll along with us, we'll do a doom scroll along. Uh, we'll uh, just find us on uh, Twitter, uh, Facing Off Pod. You got any suggestions or long reviews about the Titanic or the Notebook? Um, send it our way, Facing Off Podcast at gmail.com. 
Hey, does anyone have a send-off? Get in the water! <laughs> <laughs>